Welcome to Postscript. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and I am here today with Paul after a bit of a long hiatus. That's right. Uh, we are back. We are having conversations yeah. about what we've been hearing on Sunday morning, uh, conversations about what it is to align our lives to the way of Jesus, which yeah. is our purpose as a church. I'm so excited to dive back in. I hope you have been joining with us this summer as we have gone through the book of Romans. Um, if you didn't get a chance to do that with us, you can go back. We have a podcast called Encountering God. Um, and there's kind of these daily tidbits to help walk you through Romans. Paul, you did that whole thing. It's great. Highly recommend it. Right. Um, but that is why we took a break from this for the last little yeah, while. Yeah, so maybe we need to uh, reset on uh, what this podcast is all about. Like, why do we do podcast or uh, postscript? What is what's yeah. this all about? Yeah, so we, we do postscript because we think um, teaching is great. Obviously, sermons are great, things we do from the front. Um, but conversations are a really great way for us to learn and listening in on a conversation. So I love this venue this way of doing things because I get to listen to you preach sermons most of the time and then think of questions and ask you and make yeah. you answer them on the spot. Yeah. And it gives um, all of us a chance, I think, uh, to really kind of dig into the things we've been learning and yeah. let them roll around in our minds a bit. Um, because sometimes you hear something and then it's out of your mind and then next yeah. week you're on to something else. So, yeah. And it, it lets us maybe get into some of the, uh, the things you've cut out of your sermon or some of the practical things that might not apply to everyone, but, but some great kind of examples of how to live, sure. live these things out. Cause this is what it is. If aligning lives uh, to the way of Jesus, isn't just what we think, but it's everything that we do. Yeah. Um, so on that note, aligning yeah. alignment, this is where we've started this September. Um, yeah. as we have been gathering for church, we've been talking about alignment we've been talking about our purpose. So talk to me a little bit about alignment, Paul. Yeah. So, I mean, we went, I went back to like where we started, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a little bit about the idea of alignment and, um, and how we normally hear about that. And that's usually at like a car appointment when we're waiting and someone yep. comes and says, Hey, your alignment's out. And you're like, really? I never knew. In fact, it's probably one of the things that happens to our car other than the air filter mm. that, uh, like we, we never know. Like, we're always like, really, are you sure the alignment's out? Because, you know, I don't notice anything. Mm. And, um, and the reason I think that's important is because I think misalignment can sometimes not be that obvious. Yeah. And, but misalignment has uh, consequences long-term. Yeah. And so if you, if your car is misaligned, there may be some clues and you might notice them in a quiet moment, or if you have some time to kind of sit back and just listen and yeah. observe, but who has time for that? I mean, at least mm. in my life, I've got kids in the car, people screaming, people mad things, you know, everything is kind of going on. And when you're gripping the steering wheel and you're just kind of moving along, it's hard to know when you're misaligned. It is. And I'm going to take your analogy just a little bit further. My, my brother-in-law is actually a mechanic um, and I've learned some things watching him and occasionally working alongside him. Um, it takes time to learn how to identify when a car is misaligned. Um, you need the right tools, but also, I mean, he's at the point and good mechanics are at the point where you can get in a car and they can sense things yeah. that maybe you as a daily driver actually can't yes. because their job is to pay attention. And this is what, right. what alignment alignment needs us yeah. to, to pay attention and learn how to pay attention to the right things. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that, that's a, that's a really helpful way of looking at it because it helps you recognize that sometimes we need help with this. And so, yeah, we, we kind of jumped into it and, and you know, the, the, the analogy does break down. I did, oh, of course. I, I took some time to kind of think about alignment and how it works. And what I realized is that 
you know, your wheels in order for them to be most effective are not exactly in the exact same position. Um, they sort of, there's a bit of a lean to them and there's different, you know, there's, uh, getting into know, camber from, and all from your that. camber yeah. and toe yeah. and all kinds of things. There's lots of different things there, but for the argument here, so let's just, if you are a car person, just, you know, put this aside for a moment, but <laughs> The idea of having our own lives entirely in line with what Jesus did and what he thought, his, his goals, his, um, his mm. mindset, all his habits, all of those things, that's what we describe as the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And people have been talking about the way of Jesus for a very long time. Yep. Um, in fact, this was the way the Christians were, were described, you know, followers of the way. Um, you know, from very, very early on. And so this way of Jesus is actually an ancient idea that doesn't just include like, I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do and not doing the things I'm not supposed to be doing. It's more about how am I engaging and becoming more Christ-like? Yeah. And so the idea of alignment is, is you know, when you think about it from a car analogy is, is imagine, you know, being completely in sync where, you know, where Jesus would turn a particular way, we're turning in that same way. Right. And, and as that happens, things go more smoothly, right? And so the Bible has this idea that, you know, that, um, you know, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight, you know, mm. trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This idea that it, when I lean on my own understanding, things can get bumpy and sometimes it's because of misalignment. Right. <laughs> and so I think what we're referring to when we think about this aligning our lives to the way of Jesus is like smoothing out the road, you know, because we are recognizing the importance of, of, of putting our lives in the context of, okay, how would Jesus live through the situation or what does this look like and how can we become more Christ-like? Yeah. And so like alignment is this great language for this thing that we, uh, that we do as followers of Jesus. I mean, you can, you can call it faith. You can call it uh, being a Christian, kind of like taking all of our lives and, and putting them in, in line with Jesus. Um, what is, why, why are we using this unique yeah. language? Okay. So, so great. I'm, I'm glad you bring this up because as a church, one of the things that we, we put together is something called a strategy mm. and a strategy is not a be all end all. We, we recognize, I, I think it's very important for us to hold these things with an open hand because God can surprise us and we're prepared for that. We mm-hmm. want to be led by him. That's what aligning our lives to the way of Jesus looks like. So we've used this phrase, aligning lives to the way of Jesus to describe our purpose. This is who we are as a church. This is why we exist. This is, we, we are here at 1500 Kearns Road in Burlington, Ontario, um, so that we can help people align lives to the way of Jesus. In fact, I, I've been using this, the terminology to say that we're helping each other align our lives to the way of Jesus. Mm. You know, this is not an us and them thing. This is not a, Hey, there's super Christians and then there's everybody else. Mm. And the super Christians are going to tell you how to you know do this. That's not the way this works. We're in this together. We're all learning. We're all figuring this out. And in fact, alignment is a process that is a lifelong experience. It happens, you know, whether you're 80 or you're eight, there's things that you can do to continually align your lives to the way of Jesus. So so the idea of aligning lives to the way of Jesus is our purpose. That's why we exist. And so then you can ask the question, well, what does it look like? What is, so mm-hmm. the what for us is what we call our mission. And our mission is divided into three parts. We talk, yep. about, um, we talk about encountering God together, embracing a rule of life, and embodying Jesus everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's the what. You could also go further and say, well, how do we do this? Well, the how is our values, right? We talk about engagement over apathy and we talk about prayer over everything. These are some of our our values that we want to color the way we do everything. So that's the how. 
the what, what does it look like, are those three things. And so the, the next three messages that I had were, were around those three big ideas. Yeah, uh, I want to I want to go back just for a second to our purpose, the aligning lives to the way of Jesus. I, I found it helpful um, in in being in the process of developing this. Actually, uh, even if you think about that phrase, aligning lives to the way of Jesus, we we very intentionally picked each of those things and and didn't pick other things. So, and and lots of churches have uh, have other purposes that are slightly different, and that's that's great. But we feel pretty called to to this one as you said, um, and we think it's kind of within the great commission, the great commandment, the, the things that Jesus gave us in the Bible to, for, for all followers of him. But um, I, I love that you touched on aligning is, is lifelong. It's not momentary. So connecting with Jesus for the first time, super important. And we, we played with the word, you know, are we, are we really about connecting people to Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, but, but we chose aligning, which has this idea that it's, it's ongoing, right? Yeah. Like it's not just a one-time thing. Um, right. And th that initial contact, obviously super important. Yeah. But even if I met Jesus for the first time when I was five and I'm currently 85, guess what? I still have work to do yeah. aligning my life to the way of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then talk to me a little bit, you, you, the, the way of Jesus, right? Yeah. It's, it's not the person of Jesus, but it's the way of Jesus. Like what's, what's the difference there? Yeah. And I, I think for me, this idea of the way of Jesus is really, uh, you know, what Jesus taught, um, his motivations, his character, uh, his mindset, mm. uh, his goals in life. All of those things are wrapped up in the way of Jesus. So this touches on our character. It also touches on his teaching, mm -hmm. but it also touches on, um, you know, his goals, the way he, he approached life and people in the world around him. So that would be the way of Jesus. But I also think that in that phrase, the other part that's important is what is our lives, mm -hmm. right? So yep. it's aligning to the way of Jesus, what our lives. And for, for me, I think this has been a bit of a, an eye opener for me. And uh, maybe if you're hearing this for the first time, you know, this will just kind of wash over, but, you know, think about this a little bit further. Cause I think Often we think about our lives in these very, um, you know, separated categories. Mm -hmm. We talk about the churchy things, the spiritual things that I do in my life. Yeah. And then we talk about the rest of our lives. Yeah. Even right? talking about our home life and our work life. Right? right. Exactly. And so whether it's, you know, whether it's like, you know, who I am at home or whatever, anyways, I think the, the, what we're getting at here is our, is our everyday lives, mm. everything that we do. Right. Yeah. So what does it look like to, um, you know, I mean, you could actually do this exercise and get really nitpicky and think about, you know, driving to work, you know, how do I do that mm. in, aligned to the way of Jesus yep. or, you know, all these different things, how could I do these things aligned to the way of Jesus? And later we'll get to this as we talk about embodying Jesus, this idea of doing things in the name of Jesus. But, yeah. um, you know, for now, I think that this idea of, aligning is a continual process our lives everyday lives you know good bad the ugly everything that we do work home you know spiritual non-spiritual whatever we think um everything we do to the way of jesus you know his mindset his character his goals etc yeah uh, yeah and there's nothing that the way of jesus doesn't touch right, right. like it's it's absolutely everything uh, one of the other things i want to touch on um so you know this is our purpose our being the church and i think sometimes people get the impression like, well, the church is, the church is in the business of transforming people or convincing yeah. people of something. And, and we, we actually, we didn't use the word transformation no. because we don't think that's our work, yeah. right? Like whose work is transformation? Right. It, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's work. Um, now 
everything we do is in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's important, this aligning lives to the way of Jesus. Yes, we believe it. We believe it as a pastoral team, a leadership team at the church, but we actually believe this is the work of anyone following Jesus is to, to align their own lives and, and help others around them align their lives to the way of Jesus, right? So it's not just our purpose, like you over there, our purpose, but it's, it's all of our purpose. Yeah, and I think you, you said it perfectly. I think you really, we need to, you know, if our goal was transformation, you know, we would be, we'd, we'd be getting in the way. We'd be starting to kind of switch things around, which, you know, it's not what we see in, in scripture. Yeah. Our responsibility is something different. And, and that's what I got at at this, in this first message was, you know, alignment actually comes before achievement. Mm -hmm. And I think very quickly what happens when we talk about alignment is we just assume, okay, well, what do I have to do to be aligned? What are the things I have to do? What's step one? What's step two? What's step three? And we are in this like microwave culture. And we may, we may touch on this as we continue this discussion where we want everything fast. We want to move quickly. We want to get to the next thing. You know, how do I get this done? And then tell me next week how I'm going to get the next thing done. And what we're saying very intentionally is that alignment is something that is, is more about allowing space for the work of the Holy spirit and allowing room for Christ to, 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 um, you know, to where allowing space for us, sometimes we say to welcome and respond to Jesus. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that with rule of life. But I think when we talk about this idea of aligning our lives to the way of Jesus, we have two things that come to mind. Either we curl up into a ball and we say, I can't do it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it. Yep. I give up. Yep. Or we roll up our sleeves and we wade in and we say, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I think what we see when we look at the life of Jesus, and I use the passage from Mark chapter one, what I think you actually see there is that Jesus chose neither option. Hmm. He didn't give up. And he also didn't, didn't just roll up his sleeves and do everything that was in front of him. Oftentimes we respond to what's in front of us and, and we think that's what life is. Hmm. But, but what Jesus did was he took time to, to pause and, and reorient himself. So rather than just like, what do I need to do? What's in front of me? How do I get it done? He actually said, okay, I'm going to stop all of the craziness. Yep. It's busy. And, and, and notice in scripture, every time it got busy, what did Jesus do? He ran away to a quiet place. He went away to a quiet place and he prayed, right? Yeah. So he reconnects with God. And I wonder sometimes, why did he run away to pray? You know, was it, was it the, the fact that he felt like his ministry was kind of spiraling, wasn't really sure which way was up? Mm. Maybe was it the, the popularity of the crowd? Was he starting to feel his ego rise up inside of him, recognizing that, hey, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty big deal. Everybody's here yep. to see me. And, and so he constantly keeps checking himself and reminding himself, nope, my goal is to align myself to what God wants me to do. And, and that, I think, is the characteristic that we've been you know, trying to, um, to emulate when we talk about this. And so it's, it's really, even though we know we have lots to do, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that we're aligned is actually step one. Yeah, and I, I, I do love, like as, if we think about alignment as different than transformation, it's not that transformation doesn't occur. It's not that we can't even like, I mean, we, we talk about the fruits of the spirit. We talk about these outward symbols of God's good work in us. And I think, yeah, you, if you're in community coming, engaging in church, I hope and I pray you will see transformation, but you won't see it because of the work we're doing. Right. Right. We're putting ourselves in a place where 
the spirit will do that work in us, which is, it feels like a fine line. It's tricky, yeah. but I think it is really important. And I think you're, you're hitting on it. Jesus didn't do it by like, okay, I'm going to read the better leadership books, become a better communicator, better manage my time. He did it by running away and praying. Right. Yeah. Like, and yeah. But isn't it, isn't it true? I think that, that, you know, um, that, that spiritual formation or transformation as we described it, is actually more of a bribe, a byproduct, something yes. that isn't achieved directly. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the thing that we are aiming for, but it's not something we go at directly. We go at it indirectly. Well, and it's a, it's a bit, I mean, I think there's a reason the Bible is full of, um, agricultural metaphors. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't make a plant grow. Yeah. Um, I really can't. I can, I can create an environment and care for the environment in a way that takes a plant, and the magic of a seed turning into a to a like an actual thing, and sometimes even bearing fruit or bearing vegetables, right? Like it's it's this incredible thing that I don't I don't particularly understand. Even with the best scientific information, I'm I'm kind of it's still a marvel. And I think there's something like that going on inside of us. Yeah. If we align ourselves, if we, if we figure out how to care for what's around us and our environment in a way, yeah. I think I'm saying that right, um, then the work of transformation has good soil to, to grow in. Right, right. Um, I think that's a good way of putting it. And I, I, I would say, you know, I think one of the ways we can, we can kind of check in on this is to look at our prayer lives. Mm. Because I think if we consider the way we pray, for many of us, prayer is a time to get something from God. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I asked the question on our first Sunday and I've been thinking about this is, is what if prayer was a way to get closer to God's heart? You know, that mm. to me is like a different thing, right? Yeah. In fact, um, in the Bible, one of the, uh, the characters that we know very well is, is King David. And one of the things that he's was known for, um, was he was known as a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean to be after, after God's own heart? Cause it sounds like we've said it probably a million times, but wait a second, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think what it means is that, is that David was a person who had his heart aligned with God's heart. Hmm. And, and that I think is the goal for us. And I think that we recognize that we are getting closer and, you know, and I got to say, this is something that we're all doing together. I mentioned this already. Yeah. So, but I think that the more we approach prayer as a joyful opportunity to get closer to God's heart, yeah, the more we are in alignment with what he wants in our lives. Yeah. The more we pray a list of prayers of the things that we want from God, um, the more, or the more room we have to get closer. Um, cause I think, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, yeah. And there, there, like there's, uh, I mean, we get, we can go down so many rabbit holes, but you know, is, is prayer, is prayer mostly talking or is it, is it active listening to, and what does it look like to actively listen to God? Right. And that's, uh, I think that's a, that's a big part of alignment. I, I think of, I think of David, mm -hmm. um, obviously the great poet and songwriter of the Bible. Yes. Um, and I know what it is to, uh, to chase after a song and, and that might be the best way to describe it because you sit down to write something and you, you get stuck. You think you find ways to get out of roadblocks. You, and you go after ideas and you try to find the words and you try to find the images and you try to like, you work and you work and you work. It's something relatively simple, relatively short, 
but you, you spend a lot of time listening and just trying to make connections. Um, and that's not something you can do when you're busy. You can't multitask and write a song. Yeah. <laughs> you really can't. Right. And I, I feel like a lot of this alignment stuff is like that. It's not, it's not something we can kind of put on our to-do list and check it off each day. Yeah. I've finished this. It's, it's a, it's a way of being. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think the way that I would put it is that is look, if you are, if you're feeling like, uh, overwhelmed at this, you know, you're like, yeah, I wish that things were maybe different, but, um, this is just too much. Jesus is, is way different than I was. And there's no way that I could possibly get there. You know, I would say don't give up, but mm. the answer is not to work harder. No. And the, the scary thing about working harder is that it actually works mm. for a while. Yeah. It, it's not sustainable, but for a period of time, it actually is effective. And so I think that's where sometimes we can get tripped up because maybe we've had an experience in our life where we were trying a lot harder. We were working at these kinds of things and, um, and we would look back and say, I want to be there again. Yeah. And what I would say is that, you know, for a season that can be helpful, but it's not sustainable, mm. you know, instead of, of just trying to work harder or in try, instead of just giving up the third option, I think is the most important option is the with option. Yeah. It's choosing to, to be with God and with Christ and, and choosing, you know, slowly to just kind of, you know, go into his presence, gain, you know, gain that audience and reflect on things and, and move through life at a bit of a slower pace. And I think yeah. that's kind of, um, a little bit what we're aiming at when we talk about this idea of alignment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm, uh, so an analogy that just came to mind for me kind of ties some of this together in, in my world. So in, in the world of music, um, when you're a young musician, when you're learning your craft and learning your instrument, you're, you often feel better about yourself and you often get uh, praise from others when you can play faster and more complicated and more notes. Um, and it's a hard thing to do. It takes, takes work, uh, takes a lot of technical know-how. Um, and, and to some extent, you, you need to know how to do it. But you learn pretty quickly if you want to make music with people uh, that that doesn't get you where you need to be. In fact, it, it gets in the way. Um, the best thing you can do to learn how to make music with people is actually stop and to listen. And to not listen to yourself, but to listen to everyone else. Mm. And that's, like, that's the mark of a good professional musician is not how much they play or how well they play, but it's the times they choose to play and the times they choose not to because they're listening. And it like, it sounds simple, but, uh, any musicians listening to this will know it is so hard to stop playing. Yeah. It is so hard to listen well. And I feel like that's, this oh, is kind of what we're doing, right? That's There's a beautiful illustration. I we, love it. You know, yeah. and, and yeah, you, of course, it, when you're young, if you play all the notes and you play them fast, everyone loves it and it feels great. And you feel like you're doing it well. That's not making music with people. Um, it's just a hint of what making music could be and to do it, you have to stop. Uh, so I, I think that's, I mean, it's a great, it's kind of what we're trying to do with our strategy. And it, I think there's something about this that feels really hard, right? Like it feels like we're stopping the music sometimes. It feels like we're, we're pulling back and yeah, sometimes to some extent we, that, this is what we feel called to in this season, Yeah, but yeah. we're doing it so that we can learn to listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So good. Do you want to, do you want to jump in now and talk about these areas of strategy? Yeah, we've that. talked about alignment in a big way. So we've got these three areas that yep. we, this is, this is what we want to do. We want to encounter God together. 
Yeah. We want to embrace the rule of life. We want to embody Jesus everywhere. Yeah. Well, you tell me about encountering, encountering God, God together. Yeah. Because this is something that's right up your alley and you've been leading us in this. So yeah. tell us a little bit about what you've been learning and, and what you're excited about as we kind of drive into this. Oh, man. Uh, let me let me see how succinct I can be. Uh, I am excited. I'm excited. We've actually, we've almost, well, we have reorganized our staff in some ways in these these three areas. And I get to lead, uh, lead some wonderful staff uh, and so many volunteers in this idea of encountering God together. And, and what we're defining that as is our Sunday morning worship experience, which is not our service alone. Often when people think about church, they think I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get some good content, right? I'm going to get great music. There's going to be some good announcements. I'm going to hear a fantastic sermon that feeds me and I'm going to go home. Um, and, and we've, we've been intentional again with our words, encountering God together when we gather and when we like, when we walk in the door, when we we walk out of our car in the parking lot, what we're here to do is to meet God, um, and, and to encounter him. And when you encounter the living God, we believe it's not, it's not a set of rules. It's not a, a, a dead set of truths. It's, it's alive. It's active. And God wants to meet with us and he wants to do it together. So there's something really significant about how we do that in relationship with one another, mm-hmm. um, how we get to know each other, how we, we serve each other in this community where literally the only thing we have in common is our need for Jesus. Yeah. Um, so we do that together and, and we encounter God. So we still do it the ways that are laid out in the Bible where we, we open the word of God together and we hear a sermon. We, uh, we sing praises. We, we lift up in songs, which I think is not, it's not a particularly optional thing. It's something we, we yeah. do and we do it in an embodied way. It's, it's one of the reasons why, okay, I am, I am thankful for the technology we have that got us through COVID and gave us a bit of a sense of being together when we were meeting online. Mm-hmm. But if you were to ask me now, can I, can I encounter God well online every week? I would say no. Mm-hmm. I would say you need to be together with people. Mm-hmm. Um, are there exceptions for some people? Of course. Um, are there times where we need to be online and, and those tools allow us to be a part of the community in a way? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really important to be together and it's yeah. really important to meet God in that. Yeah. Um, and we're not, we would not look down on anyone no. who is making these choices no. to stay home because for various reasons, all kinds, all kinds of, of good reasons. reasons. But I think that what our posture is, is that we are sad that you're missing what we believe is so important. And we are missing you. Yeah. Uh, I am, exactly. I am in, in some ways I, I very much get it. I mean, I've got kids at home. <laughs> Life yeah. is busy. Uh, sometimes I want to be away. Sometimes we've got friends visiting. There's a thousand reasons why yeah. not doing church weekly or, you know, choosing to do other things occasionally it takes priority over, over doing church all all the time. Um, and, and one of our things we're leaning into in this season is actually saying, no, it is really important to gather regularly with us, to encounter God together regularly, because I am better and I have a better chance. I'm not better chance. I have a, I have a better sense of meeting with God when I do it with a, a diverse group of people who are beside me and people who are, joyful people who are struggling, people who have faith as strong as a mountain and people who have faith that feels withered and dead. I actually need that. Yeah. We yeah. all do. Yeah. So, and let me, let me ask a question here. Cause I think, uh, a lot of churches will talk about the need for community. Mm-hmm. Like community is a really big thing and yep. we, it's a buzzword. We've been talking about it. It's, mm-hmm. you, know, f- you know, all that kind of stuff. When I was, Hey, when I was in church, we had the fellowship room. It right. was, it was a room in our church fellowship. where we could have fellowship together. Yes. So, 
Um, we're not, what we're not talking about here is the need for us to gather together for spiritual growth and, and development just in community because that happens in life. Yeah. So what is different about the gathering, the larger gathering of God's people, um, you know, to encounter God together? Like, how would you, how would you make that distinction? Yeah. So it's it, right. When we talk about encountering God together in this, our strategy, we're not talking about encountering God in our small group or yeah. encountering God when I'm out for coffee with friends, which, which is I, important. And I think it absolutely is a real get thing. There. We <laughs> will get there. Absolutely. But we are specifically talking about our worship gathering. Um, and we're talking about the regularity of an embodied, like weekly worship gathering. Um, I think there's a couple of things. One, it reminds us that we are people of a place. Um, we live in an, a time where technology allows us to be placeless, mm -hmm. um, allows us to be everywhere and nowhere, mm -hmm. uh, allows us to be, allows us to live in this impression of connection to everyone and everything, but leaves us feeling empty inside because it doesn't pan out because we often don't get to see people face to face. So I think there is the need to gather for us, for our own good. God kind of ordained this regular gathering. The Bible talks about yep. do not give up gathering together um, uh, because it it helps us recenter. It helps align us, right? This is a, yeah. a key thing in our alignment. And, and it reminds us of the story of the gospel, the story of the good news that Jesus is central. It helps some of the language I use in my own world is it, it helps me remove the idols and idols are constantly creeping in in my life. Um, and I constantly need to push them aside and put Jesus in the center. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think, and I, I also think, you know, we've talked about this many times that, that, um, I think that so often we see church as, you know, either something that I go to for me. Mm -hmm. And so if yep. I'm not feeling any better or any different at the end, I feel like oh, I don't need to go. Yeah. Um, or we kind of have this idea that, um, uh, yeah, like that. Well, that would be the main one that we're that we're we're yeah. kind of doing it for ourselves. And I think what what we've been getting at is that it's important that we do this with each other because we need each other. We do, um, you know, to kind of stay aligned and and actually to see Jesus lived out. Absolutely, and 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 this gets at. I mean, this gets at some of the things that um that that are hard for us, right? Like. If I am giving up my Sunday morning, I think in my Western culture, I want it to be what I want, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, mm -hmm. I want well, I want to like the preacher. I want to like the music. I want to make sure that I've got friends there. I don't want to be made felt awkward, right? Um, and to some extent, of course, like there's, there's good in things that speak to us and move our hearts and our minds. But one of the things that blesses me each week in church is seeing some of our seniors often sitting at the back, um, coming into church early. Uh, I, I know some of them can't even stand for a couple songs in a row. I know they would rather be singing the hymns they grew up singing. I know it's hard for them. I know the music is not what they want to listen to. It's not what they'd listen to at home. I know it feels loud and it gives me a sense of who our God is that they are there giving up their preferences and being together with God's people. And I think that's part of church. I think as we grow and mature, we learn that a church that meets my needs actually isn't a church that's good for me. I need to be in a community of people where I 
am challenged where I get pushed in what I want and have to give it up for each other because that is core to the way of Jesus. Yeah. And I've often thought of the, the diversity. I remember, um, you know, thinking a lot about the Philippian church, right. Mm. With Lydia and the, you know, potentially a, a, a slave w- would have been there. You know, um, you know, we know some of the story of what yeah. was happening through the book of Acts and, and there was probably a Roman centurion. And so what it would mean is that this would be a gathering of people from all kinds of different backgrounds with different perspectives and different ideas, mm-hmm. but all serving one God and one Christ. And so for us, I think there's this, this beauty when we come together, when we, when we, um, use what makes us unique to, we still seek uh, unity, but in our diversity, right? And and in those different opinions and ideas and stuff, and we lay those down for each other. It yeah. actually becomes a beautiful picture um, of sacrifice. It becomes a beautiful picture of what Jesus is all about. Yeah. And again, I think it's so good to know um, when, when you're at a church for a while, when you've when you've showed up early, when you've stayed late, when you've got to know people and know their stories and how God is meeting them in the midst of their stories, again, standing and singing beside them or hearing the word of God beside them or praying a prayer beside them, um, knowing this person has a cancer diagnosis or this person just lost their mom or this person just came back from a youth retreat and are having an awesome time. Yeah. Um, and knowing knowing the way that interacts and and kind of draws us all into this encounter with the living God. Yeah, um, This is why we think coming to church is so important why it's yeah it's so good um yeah and yeah. i think and i think one of the things we've been talking about about our youth ministry really aligns very closely with this yep. we've been talking about something called an adoptive youth ministry um and you know it shouldn't sound too strange because i think hmm. we get the idea that we all adopt the kids and the youth and the and the children in our church as they grow we want to support them and encourage them yep and so the idea of our youth uh, being here, our teenagers, our high school students, even our young adults, uh, who are watching and observing others live out their faith, um, that really kind of takes their faith to another level and mm. reminds them it, it is possible to live our lives in such a way. And so I, I think of all the characteristics of the, you know, the, um, uh, the, the spiritual uh, gifts, mm-hmm. uh, all of the, or, or the, uh, the fruit of the spirit, yep. I should say, they're all things that we need to do in the context of others. You can't yes. practice patience on your own. Yep. And so those characteristics that we display as fruits of the spirit work at work in us um, need to happen in the context of community. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think this idea of gathering together on a regular basis to put ourselves in a place where we encounter God yep. is absolutely essential. And it's something that we're focused on. In fact, yep. one of our goals is to is to increase um, our frequency in terms of when we come to church. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're sort of putting out this idea that we want people to be regular uh, attenders that that are coming, you know, uh, at least three times a month. Yep. They're coming on a regular basis yeah. uh, to encounter God because, not because you, you are missing something when you're not there, but because we are missing something mm-hmm. when you're not here. Right? Yeah, well, and you we are should. missing something when you're not there. We well, like Exactly, yeah. But, but it's part of it, the reason. It is, it is this whole... This whole thing. Exactly. Uh, and we know, like, again, we know there are lots of good things that that pull at our attention and, and pull us away. And some of them, like, really good things. And some of them, especially when, this is the hard thing with church. We know it happens every week. So, well, it'll always be there next week, right? I can always come back. I can always come back. But I, I think our our alignment to Jesus suffers, both as individuals and as a group, uh, as a whole, when we don't show up. Yeah. Um, 
And so we like in a time where we know the cultural trends are com- people coming to church less, where we know yeah. people are, are loving digital options for things. We are intentionally saying show up. Yeah. Come. <laughs> and we, we Simple, feel like right? this is a deeply uh, connected people, the connected thing to being aligned to Jesus. Yeah. We think if you want to be aligned to Jesus, showing up regularly is important. Yeah, it is. All right. What about the next one? Well, let's move into that. So this, so something we've been talking about a rule of life and um, this is a tricky one. A lot of people, yep. you know, we've been talking about it for a little while. And so you may have understood that we're not talking about rules for life. Yep. When we use the word rule in our minds, the first thing we think of is, uh, you know, the do's and don'ts, you know, yeah. what are the commands? What are the things I'm supposed to do and not do? That is not what we're talking about here. Mm. What we're talking about is a rule of life, which was used by the, the kind of ancient monastic community to create patterns and um, uh, habits that would provide space for us to welcome and respond to Jesus. Yep. And so this rule of life rule is actually used more in the context of like a, a structure or a way of kind of supporting. And sometimes mm-hmm. we use the illustration of a trellis that the idea is that if something is growing like a vine, it needs something to attach onto in order to flourish. I mean, a vine growing on the ground starts to rot. We have tomatoes in our garden this year that didn't have big enough cages. Right. And they're a complete mess. Right. Right. And it's, it's like that, like you need, yeah, you you need a structure and, and in some ways a flexible structure, depending on how much you're growing, how big you are. Yeah. Um, And this is what a rule of life is. It's not a set of rules. It's a, it's a structure to allow us to flourish. Yeah, in fact, one of the ways that I found a little bit helpful to think about this idea is that we've we've talked about so in 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 the same time period in this monastic time period there or, or monastic um, sort of tradition, there was something called a rule of faith hmm. and then a rule of life. Okay, and there's a difference. The rule of faith would be akin to what we we in more modernly we kind of refer to as a statement of faith. Right. Those are your beliefs. That's a list of what you believe. That's right. your rule of faith. Is you know, you know, God is one. Blah blah blah. Yeah, all it's the, the creed. All the, it's the creed. Yeah. Yeah. And the rule of life is about what you do. It's about right. your actions. It's about your activities. It's about the the structure, the things that you put in place to help you in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in some ways um, in, in the monastic tradition, there were bells that would remind people of different times during the day when you'd, you know, kind of return back to your cell, your space where you would meet with God mm-hmm. and you would have these moments, right? And and then you would go on with your day and then you'd be drawn back by this bell and the rhythms would be set up that would create the space for you to respond to Jesus in a more meaningful way. Yeah. And that may sound for some of you, it might sound, I don't know, it may sound a little bit like a little overwhelming, maybe a little too touchy feely or whatever. But what I loved, uh, John Ortberg in his book, uh, The Life You've Always Wanted, he, mm-hmm. he said, you know, for many of us, the great danger is not that we would renounce our faith. It's that we would become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we settle for a mediocre version of it. And he says, you know, we would just skim our lives instead of actually living them. And yeah. that that has been very foundational for me in recognizing that so often we just choose to rush through life and we we think that things are going well, mm-hmm. none of us would want to settle for a mediocre version of faith. None of us. We'd all say, there's no way. But what would be so much more tragic if we were settling for a mediocre version of faith and we didn't know it? Yeah. That's the thing that should yeah. 
be, it should chill us. It should kind of get to our heart and be like, okay, like, let me yeah. slow down here for a minute and think this through. So, so let me, let me ask some big questions about rule of life. Uh, I mean, this is ancient language we're using, but it's relatively new to us. It's new even in Christian circles in the last, I don't know, couple of years, aside from really small things. So there've been people, people in our church who have been practicing spiritual disciplines for a while, who have been like trying to align their lives to the way of Jesus in some way, trying to like grow as disciples of Jesus, call it whatever you will. Uh, is rule of life just a set of spiritual disciplines? So the the simple answer is no. It's okay. it, but it's not. But it it, it includes spiritual disciplines, okay. right? Spiritual disciplines are a part part and of it. So if if you have been established, if you have a long set of spiritual disciplines that you've established in your life, you have mm -hmm. a leg up in a sense, yeah. in the sense that you've been practicing something um, that that can potentially be helpful. What I would say though is that the question we need to ask is: Are the disciplines that I'm engaged in drawing me closer to the heart of Jesus? Mm -hmm. are, are they drawing me closer to this, this place of, of, you know, recognizing who he is a deepening, maturing, growing relationship? Is that a result of my activity? Yeah. And I think for some of us, we can say, I've done these things in my life because I've always done them and mm -hmm. they're good. They're yep. good for me. But what we're talking about when we talk about rule of life is that everything that we would put into this structure Mm -hmm. including our spiritual disciplines would have one goal and that is to get us closer to the person of Jesus, to right. get us to know him more and more and more. Which may mean stopping some disciplines that are, that are even good in an attempt to make room for others. Like I, I think about Paul, you and I both have done graduate school in theological studies, um, which sounds like a really good thing, right? Like it sounds like studying the Bible, um, man, the people who do that must all be super mature Christians who just walk with Jesus daily. And yet I bet both you and I know people who actually got pulled away from the heart of Jesus by studying the Bible and, and doing nothing else for years and years, which sounds, sounds crazy, but I, I think there's something to it, right? There's, there has to be balance. And this is where a rule of life takes into account all of our lives and, and has us constantly asking that question, who am I becoming? How is this aligning me to Jesus? So, so it's not just spiritual disciplines. What else does a rule of life include? Well, I mean, it, you know, so in, in one sense, it can be as unique as you are. Um, and I okay. think that could sound a little scary to some, and I'm not yeah. suggesting that we, you know, you just do whatever, but I would say that, you know, that our whole selves need to be involved, including our body, for instance. So uh, one of the things I would I think is is very helpful to think about is is think about categories like um, you know uh, perhaps your body so physically what are some mm. things that you can do to actually increase your health to uh, to get better sleep to you know do those kinds of things those can all be things that are part of a rule of life I would also say that you can think about things like your um, uh, your roles. So for instance, if you are, I'm a dad, I'm also a pastor, mm -hmm. I'm also, you know, a board member, I'm, you know, different things. And in each of those contexts, I can ask the question, how can I more closely align myself to Jesus in these yeah. moments? What are, what are some patterns or habits that I can do in those places? So there are certain things that you can do to, to hang on this structure that will help you, you know, continually get closer to, um, to understanding who Jesus is. Yeah. So, I mean, in some ways, uh, a rule of life 
should touch, like we've been saying, kind of every corner of our lives or certainly can. It, it could involve our, our finances, what we eat, how we exercise, what we read, what we watch, how we pray, um, how we engage with the Bible, what kind of communities we're a part of, all of these things, um, which, is, which is hard because I think at the end of the day, a lot of us, we don't want to admit it, but we kind of want to put faith in a box over here and say, ah, I've taken care of this. I want to do with the rest of my life what I want to do. I want to vacation the way I want to vacation. I don't want to have to think about my rule of life. But a rule of life actually says, no, n- nothing, nothing is out of bounds for Jesus, mm-hmm. which is big and scary. So we're, we're going to keep learning about this, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, if people want to know more about a rule of life, what should they do? Who should they talk to? Well, certainly you can talk to Chris. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, I think we're all exploring this. You can actually talk to any of our elders or, or deacons or uh, staff members. All of us are exploring this idea of rule of faith and perhaps they could give you some rule of uh, life. guidance. Yeah. What did I just Rule say? of life, not rule of faith. Yeah. Right. Rule of faith would be your <laughs> statement, but no. And, um, but I would say that, uh, you know, that, that Chris would be uh, a really good place to go and a good resource because we're beginning to sort of explore what this could look like and, and what kind of things we could put into our rule of life, um, you know, to kind of start to think about this. But again, you know, the bottom line is that this allows us to, um, you know, provide space uh, Mm. for Jesus. And I think that, I think that maybe one of the best practices that we can do in, uh, in, in this whole idea of, of thinking about rule of life is slow down mm-hmm. just a little bit, just a bit. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, we live our lives at such a pace, at such a speed, um, everything is coming at us and we're responding to so many things that are in front of us. And I think you touched on this earlier. We are becoming something, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, yep. the activities and the patterns that are in your life right now are forming you into something. The way you consume social media, the the movies that you watch, the conversations that you connect into. And so what we're saying when we talk about rule of life, slow down, consider what you're doing, mm-hmm. be intentional about becoming more Christ-like. Yeah. And that takes some time. Yeah. So how, how does this relate to what we do as a church? Um, how does it relate to, you know, in the past, we've had lots of uh, midweek opportunities, lots of different ministries, lots of different groups, uh, lots of lots of things going on. Um, how does this leaning into rule of life, this strategy we've got, how does it relate back to those things and what does it mean? Well, I think in many ways it goes alongside all of those things, okay. but it needs to become... Um, in, in our opinion, it's sort of a, a primary goal or a primary concern for us. And yeah. so what I mean by that is that is that there are other things that we can be doing as a church. But if we start doing those things before we take the time to align our own lives to the way of Jesus, mm. it can lead to um, all kinds of things. Um, it can lead to us settling for a mediocre version of faith that we talked about. Yeah. It can also lead to uh, spiritual burnout where we're mm-hmm. just, we're so tired of doing all these good things that we, we find ourselves not able to sustain it and we just don't know where to go from there. And so I think that the big picture that we're trying to, um, to paint here is that this alignment thing that we've been talking about you know, as we gather together and through the connection of, uh, or through the inclusion of something, this rule of life, mm. um, this alignment process actually is something that we want to pursue. And most of the time people will say to me, when I talk about this, they say, yeah, 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 I get it. Okay. Yep. Definitely want a deeper spiritual relationship. I definitely want my relationship to be maturing. I want it to matter. Um, that's great. But what do we do? 
Yeah. And, and so what I would say is I would ask the same question again, you know, like how is your spirit, how is your rule of life? Um, it's great. I'm doing great. I'm great. But what are we going to do? And I would say, well, let's talk about your spiritual, your, your, your rule of life. Yeah. Right. And so I know that can be frustrating and I'm not trying to be, um, you know, cheeky or anything like yeah. that. But what I am saying is that I think we need to slow down and mm-hmm. we need to recognize that, you know, just being busy doesn't make us good. Just being at church doesn't make us Christians. Right. Right. So that's two of the three. Um, embodying Jesus everywhere. Talk to me a little bit about what this right. is about. Okay. So again, so I think in some ways, all three of these things, we can talk about encountering God together. And some people will say, we've done that before in the church. It's called community. Yep. And what we're saying is, okay, community is a part of this, but there's something else happening when we all gather as God's people. Yeah. Then we say something like a, embracing a, a rule of life. And people say, that's just like spiritual disciplines. You're just talking about the, the mm-hmm. things. And we're saying, okay, it's part of it, but there's actually something deeper going on here. Yeah. Same thing with mission. I think that often we have this idea of mission in the church as the things that we do outside, the way that we care for the poor and look after the orphans and widows and the things we need to do and pursue justice and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Great, great stuff. Absolutely things that we need to do. But what we're saying is that it's not just about what we do, it's about why we do those things Mm -hmm. and how we do them, how we approach them, how do we find out what things to do and what things not to do. All of those kind of Mm -hmm. things are are sort of wrapped up in this idea of embodying Jesus everywhere. And what we're saying is that we don't just want to be good people. We want to be representatives. Hmm. One of the ways that um, I've talked about this and um, is this idea of being image bearers rather than flag planters. Sometimes hmm. I think we have this idea that as Christians, we need to plant a flag and make sure that everybody knows and be really you know, firm about it. What we're doing is actually reflecting Jesus to the world around us. And that's the real powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, the, and there's a bunch of... There's a bunch of language around this. I mean, this you talk about image bearers. Um, it comes from Genesis, obviously. This idea that we were made in the image of God, and God kind of created us to do this. This is, this is built into who we are and how God created us. Um, one of my favorite terms is, is regent. We're a regent for the king, and and mm-hmm. regent. Um, it's a person, a ruling governor. It's a person appointed to govern um, a, a place for a time. Mm. very specifically a place for a time. Um, and so this is what it, like everywhere doesn't mean we have to only do it out there, right? We're not talking about only serving the poor in developing countries. Um, we're not even talking about also serving the poor in our neighborhoods. We're talking about embodying Jesus everywhere. What does it look like to be a representative in our workplace? in our families, in our classrooms. How, how does that all work? So so how do we, um, I mean, this is great, but kind of like the other ones, I mean, we're saying it's not just this, it's also all of these things. How do we right. how do we step into this without being completely overwhelmed? Well, I, yeah, you're right. And, and, and I think we do need to step back and recognize that, that what we're not asking for is more, mm. what we're asking for is alignment, right? Okay. And so I think sometimes we, we think that, okay, we're, we're, we have to do better at this and better at this and better at this. And then it becomes another task to do and it gets onto the list. It's that's the rolling up our sleeves that is going to work for a while, but may lead to spiritual burnout. Right. What we're saying is slow down just breathe, right? You said this earlier, right? 
Transformation is not my responsibility. In fact, I said on uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about the idea of peace. Yeah. My job is not to make peace. Hmm. My job isn't even to find peace. My yeah. job is to ensure that the peace of Christ is ruling in my heart. Right. right. And so that means that, you know, one of the ways that I think this has been really helpful to think about this is that is that sometimes we see our, our life of faith as a journey mm. and we're trying to get to the sage that's at the top of a mountain mm-hmm. and we have to like fight through the underbrush. We have to wrestle crocodiles in order to right. like, you know, right. fight through the everything. And we finally mm. get to the, to the place where that sage is, where Jesus is. And we ask him the questions and in the state of like perfection, he explains everything to us. Right. What I see it is it's more of like a clearing away and untangling of all the things that we do in our lives. It's like pushing all that stuff aside so that the so that the presence of Jesus can be more known in my life. Yeah. So what that means when it comes to my the way that I interact with other people, and I think this is you know in in the in Colossians the end of Colossians it, Colossians um, chapter three I think it's verse seventeen says whatever you do. Um, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm. And so often things have been done in Jesus' name. Sometimes some of them have been pretty bad. Yeah. And oh yeah. And some of them we look back on and we're embarrassed. Yeah. But other times we look back and we're really proud of that. Yeah. And I think what we need to recognize is that we are those regions. We are an mm. ambassador. We yeah. are. Um, you know, sometimes we're, we're described as like a fragrance, even, Mm. you know, this, our lives are just this, this, um, you know, this presence in people's lives because we have the opportunity to present Jesus. So when we talk about embodying Jesus, it's not just about being good people, you know, and saving the earth. It's about doing those things because of who we are and who Jesus is. And our, it's a, it's a life lived in response. Yeah. And it, and it comes back to this idea of alignment. It comes back to, again, I'm, I'm thinking about this analogy of music again, Paul. Um, we're, we're not called to go out there and be a one man band. We're not right. called to go out and play a solo as many notes as we can care for as many, like we're called to be part of this beautiful orchestral work that God has composed and that he is conducting, mm-hmm. right? We are not the only ones active. In fact, we're not like, even the best of us, even the Mother Teresas play a play a tiny role. Yeah. They get to hit the triangle every once in a while, right? Right. God is the one doing the work. Yeah. Um, which is why on one hand it's overwhelming, right? Yeah. Of course. We wanna see the final product. We wanna see all these things, but actually what we need to learn how to do is play our part. Yeah. We need to learn how to listen. We need to learn how to just be present and to sometimes to see, oh, there's there's silence. I feels like I should be nope, just sit. Just yeah. wait. Yeah. Uh, but also when God calls us, when when we we're called into these unique opportunities that he has created for us, that he has placed us in to step into those. Yeah. 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 Well said. And, and I, 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 the, one of the ways I kind of look at this is that, you know, especially as it, with this idea of embodying Jesus is that sometimes, you know, you know, those political ads where something happens and then this person pops up at the end and they say, my name is Steve and I approve this message, right? Because they've, they put their name to it because someone on their staff has put this thing together and they want to make sure that this is, you know, done that way. Yeah. And sometimes I think of this in terms of, you know, one of the questions we could ask ourselves is that would Jesus put his name to our actions? Mm. You know, if, if, if he were sort of observing our lives and the things that we do, would he say, you know, and I'm Jesus and I approve this life, right? (laughs) That, that is, you know, I think a question that gets at the core of what we're talking about when it talks about embodying Jesus. And again, it's not just trying harder. It's recognizing that what we're already doing. Yeah it's to be done in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And so embodying him, um, 
is actually, you know, an opportunity to kind of like just step back from ourselves and let them lead. Right. Yeah. And, and Brad is our staff member who's kind of leading some of the charges in this stuff, um, helping us think through this better. Um, so you're going to keep hearing, if you're at Compass Point, you're going to keep hearing about these things, about embodying Jesus, about enca- um, encountering God together, yep. about embracing a rule of life, all under this banner of aligning lives to the way of Jesus. Um, but we know this is new. We know it's a lot. We, yeah. we want your questions. We want your interactions. But we've given you a tool this year. Yes. A journal. Talk to me a little bit about this journal, Paul. Yeah, good. So we we gave you a blank journal this year. I mean, it had a few pages in the front that yeah. gave you some instruction. Talked um, about these three and, things. And I, yeah, talking about exactly what we talked about today. And I hope that you've grabbed one of these journals. Mm-hmm. I hope that you have one of them. If you do not, make sure you pick one up. And And I would say, I don't care how you use it, but use it. And, and, um, you know, I know that that may be daunting for some, but you know, one of the ways that I've described, I've uh, helped our team as we've been talking about using these journals is, is just starting with an index page. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of simple, but like, because all the page numbers are numbered as you scribble things down and, and, you know, write some things or whatever, if you have some devotional thoughts or whatever it is, if you want to refer back to them or find them again, easily, you can use that front page and just kind of scribble out the numbers. You don't have yeah. to like write the numbers in order or anything. It's just, you know, the subject. And then over on the other side, you can write the page number so you can find it easily. And what this helps you do is it just helps you write freely. And, yeah. you know, some people are going to use this to, um, you know, to you, to use art, to express themselves yeah. in terms of their, the way they're thinking, uh, poetry, it could be, uh, devotionals. You could use it for a prayer, uh, journal. You could use it for a habit tracker. In fact, I hope that you use it for all of those things at some yeah. point, just so that you explore what are some things that I can do to, to leave space, to welcome and respond to Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, for those of you who are crazy busy right now and life is just kind of flying around, you know, my, my encouragement to you would be just to take a few moments every day and open up the book. And maybe in the beginning, you don't write anything at all. That's mm. great. Um, but just continue that process of slowing down even for, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, you know, it starts with one moment, one activity. This is not about changing your life and doing absolutely everything. This is just about, you know, being intentional and slowing down so that we can align our lives to the way of Jesus. Amazing. Uh, this has been great. Uh, we could go on and on, but we, uh, we, uh, we're going to keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, we're going to keep answering questions. We're going to keep asking questions. Um, and again, if you're hearing this and you're thinking, yeah, but what about, or I don't quite get this. You said it doesn't really make sense. Um, that, that that's really helpful for us. Actually, we, we do feel called into this. We feel like God is leading us into this, but, um, we want to do it with you. So we want to help you and help have you help us. That's exactly. part of this. So reach out. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, and we will talk to you soon again here on Postscript. Thanks.